Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. I'm going to give our rapid review for round 22 and what a cracking round it was. I think it defined a few more things on the ladder for us this week. A quick little update on the ladder whilst we're here. Penrith Panthers sitting in first, Brisbane Broncos in second, the Waz coming third, the Melbourne Storm in fourth. So the Panthers and the Broncos on 34 competition points each, the Waz and the Melbourne Storm on 30 each. Uh, all four of those teams have had all their buys except the Broncos. They have got one more buy to come. In fifth place, we've got the Canberra Raiders on 28 points with their minus 78 for and against. We've got the South Sydney Rabbitohs in sixth, the Sharkies in seventh, and the North Queensland Cowboys in eighth and nipping at the heels of the top eight. We've got the Newcastle Knights in ninth place on 25 points, the Manly Seagulls. Also on 25 points, it should be noted that the Newcastle Knights, their for and against is plus 72. The Seagulls is minus 25. So for you Newcastle fans, your for and against is actually better than the Cowboys, the Sharks, and the Raiders, especially better than the Raiders by about 100 points. So sitting in a very, very good spot there. In 11th place, the Parramatta Eels have dropped down there. They're on 24 competition points, so not out of contention. They have still got another buy to come, to be fair, as do the Rabbitohs and the Cowboys. Uh, We then have the Titans in 12th, the Dolphins in 13th, good God, the Roosters in 14th in all sorts, and then we've got the Canterbury Bulldogs, St. George of the Lord Dragons, and West Tigers rounding out the NRL ladder there. Let's go to the games this week. So we kicked off Round 22 with the Brisbane Broncos putting a score on the Sydney Roosters. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos were the better side from kickoff until the final whistle here. Uh, I thought Tony Staggs, he had a strong game. Uh, scored one try. I was unlucky not to score about three. Uh, very similar situation the last few weeks. Reese Walsh created a heap of things. A lot were called back or a few things went wrong. At one point, the referee tackled one of their players, so that sort of ruined that. Uh, I thought Herbie Farmer was strong. Ezra Mam had a fantastic game as well. Fuck, he's been a good final. 
behind Ezra Mam. Scored two tries in this one, the second and the last try. Adam Reynolds went about his work as he always does. Uh, yeah, look, Br- Brisbane, they did what they had to do in this game. I thought Paddy Carrigan was fantastic. We actually tipped him to be the first try scorer. Uh, sorry, we tipped him to be a try scorer in this game. He crashed over uh, on that right edge, which was super exciting. So he killed it. Adam Reynolds had a great game, as we said. Uh, our tip in this game was for Billy Smith and Katoni Staggs to both cross. And thankfully, both of them did. So a nice little collect for Guru Podcast listeners there. And especially if you got on the Paddy Carrigan one. Some of you put all three of them in, you fucking madmen. And you managed to get that done. So very nice. For the Sydney Roosters, uh, more of the same, unfortunately. Last week, they obviously beat the Titans. And we all I think we all sort of sat there and went, are the Roosters back or are the Titans just pretty fucking average? Uh, unfortunately, it turns out the Titans were pretty average last week. The Roosters, uh, just too many errors in their game. They're just... They're just all over the place at the moment. I don't really know uh, what the answers are that they need. We, we dropped a podcast the other day giving our live thoughts on the Roosters guys on Friday. So if you want to have a listen to that, go and listen to that. But yeah, not much more to really add to the Roosters chat. Friday afternoon, we had the South Sydney Rabbitohs beating the West Tigers 32 points to 18, a game that was a lot closer than I thought it would be. I personally thought the South Sydney Rabbitohs with Latrell back had come out here and make a huge statement. I will say this, the more that he doesn't play, the more you realise just how good Totola is. They just, they're just they a completely different footy side when they don't have him through the middle, so they'll be desperate to get him back ASAP. Harm Sele signed with the, South, with the St. George of the Dragons the other day. He's another one that's massive for them, so he's going to be a huge loss. When, when both those middles are on the field, South Sydney are a different footy side, so they'll be desperate to get him back very, very soon to Tola. Uh, look, it opened up fantastically for South Sydney. Scored the first try for an intercept. AJ went the length. I thought Isaiah Tass had a really good game. Jeez, he did some nice things. He obviously scored a try, um, but then he set up another one later for AJ that was just an absolute maniac effort. Uh, bumped off. Uh, I forget who the centre was that came at him. Maybe Tupu. Uh, and just... <laughs> oh, no, sorry, it was David Nofaluma who actually made a good read on that play. Um, but Tass was just too big, too strong. Keon Coleman Tungy, another strong game as well. Scored a nice try for kick. And then Cam Murray. We tipped him for an anytime try scorer in this game as well, simply because Tim Williams traded him in the other day, and I knew that that would fist me. Uh, so a nice little collect there as well. Uh, look, South Sydney got away with a win here, but I don't think they'll be overly happy with their performance. Uh, I'm not sure who South Sydney play next week, but uh, I think that they would be hoping, or they will be hoping for a much better performance. They take on... The Cronulla Sharks next week. So a big game there. It's coming to you from Optus Stadium in Perth. South Sydney need to do better than they did. For the West Tigers, um, oh, fuck, I, I, you know, you, you lose 32 points to 18. I, I actually thought they held in, okay? Considering they threw an intercept, you know, on essentially, you know, the first set of six. At one point, the Rabbitohs had scored one try. The West Tigers had made zero tackles. To not get blown out in this game, I thought they did pretty well. Uh, obviously, try scorers, Appy, Isaiah Papali'i, and Fanua Bowl. I thought they did some good things, the West Tigers. Uh, a team like South Sydney should have blown them out by a lot more than what they did. So, take some positive West Tigers fans. You're still not winning games. I understand that. Uh, but I thought that one would be a lot uglier uh, than what it turned out to be. A 14 point Went loss, you know, far from a train wreck. A lot of changes to the West Tigers side as well, uh, especially in the back line, a heap of changes. Brooksy came back in. I thought their attack did look better with Brooksy back in the side, a little bit more direction. They've been a bit rudderless the last few weeks. Uh, but yeah, look, 
I think it's just one of those seasons for the West Tigers, unfortunately. Uh, the late game, the Melbourne Storm, 46-16 over the Parramatta Eels. Uh, Melbourne, the big three, they stood up. Cam Munster, Harry Grant and Jerome Hughes. Probably in the other order, I thought Harry Grant was the best on ground. He was incredible. Myself and Timmy Williams bagged him this week, saying without Nass, we were really worried about him in Supercoach, how wrong we were. He absolutely killed it, Harry. Just showed why he is the premier hooker in our game. Uh, scored the first two tries for the Melbourne Storm, set up a few later. I thought Jerome Hughes was fantastic as well. Scored a nice try himself, uh, set up one for Harry Grant. Then he also set up a brilliant little try for Josh King just after half time, some really good ball playing, and then Cam Munster, probably the moment of the game for me, uh, one of the better individual tries you'll see over the next few weeks, just had spiders on him, Cam Munster, an absolute freak, it's, it, it was a very much so like an origin try, dummy, leave everyone in oblivion, and then just dance his way through four tackles, I don't know how he does it, but uh, very, very talented Cam Munster, and the Melbourne Storm, you know, just showing us once again that they've got the guys in their spine to be able to compete in this competition, I just worry if the forward pack has what it takes, but managed to take it to that very, very good Parramatta Eels pack on the weekend, uh, and they've still got Nass to come back into the side, so full credit to them. For the Parramatta Eels, uh, yeah, fuck that, that left edge is my big worry, I thought they left a number of points on the board on that left edge, uh, Wonga Blake, I've always said he's a better athlete than he is footballer, and I, I think they have to make a change there, go with someone else, I don't know what you do, I would probably move Assi out there once Dill Brown is available, which I think is next week, because, uh, yeah, Wonga Blake He's just leaving points out. He's not concentrating. He's not paying attention. There was one point there, Bailey Simonson made a break. Who, to, to be fair, I've been critical of Bailey in the past, but I think his performances uh, this season have been really good. And I think ever since Wonga's got there, I think he's almost brought him down as well. So I think he's, they've just got to make a change there. It just isn't working. You write the game plan for opposition sides with those two defending out there together and even in attack. They're just... Oh, I don't know what it is with Wonger. He's so talented. He's so gifted. I remember talking to Roger Fabray a couple of years ago about, you know, fastest player in rugby league, who's got the best running technique, et cetera, et cetera. We're talking Josh Adokar. We're talking Jason Sarman. He said, mate, the one that is born with the most ability is Wonger Blake. So it is just so disappointing to see just in concentration, him just fall out of games. Uh, and I think you can see that teammates are even frustrated with him, unfortunately. So I would, I have to make a change there. I've been saying this all season with Parramatta, though, that their outside backs is what worries me. Sean Russell scored a nice try. I was unlucky not to score another one. I thought Bryce Cartwright threw the ball to him way too early. Bryce did everything right on that play, played through the line, went through, and then just threw it a few metres early, which just didn't make sense to me. Ryan Madison put Jermaine Hopgood over for a nice try. Good to see Jermaine scoring meaties again. And then shout out to Luca Moretti, scoring his first try in the NRL. A nice little pass by Mitchie Moses there. As you all know, I coached Moretti when he was a teenager. Uh, a really good kid with a heap of talent. So it's good to see him finally in first grade doing his thing. But yeah, Parramatta into 11th place now. Um, coming from a grand final to 11th with a few weeks to go. They're not ruled out yet, but it is starting to get tough. All right, Super Saturday kicked off with the Newcastle Knights knocking over the Raiders 28 points to 6. How bloody good for the Newcastle Knights. Love to see this. Uh, the Knights, obviously, Obviously, we had Jackson on the podcast at the start of the year. We're actually literally sitting next to him when the news broke. His phone was just going beep, 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 exploding when he had signed uh, with the Newcastle Knights. And, you know, we sort of spoke that day about how he thought Newcastle had to play and what they had to do and how, what he was going to do as a halfback and how he was going to target certain guys in that team. And honestly, it has all come to fruition. If you didn't get to watch those episodes with Jackson in the preseason, I highly advise you go back and watch them because some of the things he has said and some of the things he predicted for Newcastle, 
you're starting to see it now. And I genuinely think they can play finals footy this year. And I genuinely think they can shake a number of teams in the top eight as well. The connection that him and uh, the great Kalen Ponga have now is just second to none. I think Tyson Gamble's playing some really good footy as well. Uh, I always look at Tyson and go, he's like a dog without a leash, you know. But some of the plays, some of the touches he's shown over the last few weeks have been very, very impressive. Gagai's having an absolute blinder of a season, as is Bradman Best. The two wingers are great. Um, the You know, if, if they can get the best out of the Saifidi boys, good God, this Newcastle team could be a handful. Uh, but yeah, there's just so much ability there in this Newcastle side. And I really do hope they make the finals. Uh, the day Jackson signed, I was doing a episode with Maddie in the afternoon. And, I said, and we we're talking about, I think we we're actually talking about top eight Smokies. And I had a little something on the Newcastle Knights at about 19. So fingers crossed they can get a job done. I would love to see them make it. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, but yeah, look, KP was sensational in this game. He was everywhere. Scored the first try. Had a hand in most of their others from memory as well. I think we tipped Tyson Gamble as our Smokey. So he crossed over in the 45th, 41st minute, which was great to see. Um, look, Newcastle, they didn't score a try after the 41st minute, but they only conceded one in the entire game and one after that. So uh, it was a pretty close game to finish. KP had to go off the field at the end, which he was frustrated with. But I personally don't think that was as uh, HIA because it was KP. He got kneed in the head. So shit happens. I think when that happens, you know, Anyone would have gone off in that situation. Uh, but, yeah, look, the Newcastle Knights, a fantastic win there. Plenty of positives to take from it. Phoenix Crossland just keeps on improving every single week. God, he's a good footballer now. They've done very well, the Newcastle Knights, considering they lost Jaden Braley so early. They've done very, very well. For the Canberra Raiders, very disappointing performance. Uh, fuck, they just make so many dumb errors, the Canberra Raiders. God, they're punishing to watch sometimes. You love that they're gritty and they're tough, but... In this game, they were just all over the place. Uh, so many just stupid errors, so many stupid times to give away penalties. Very, very frustrating. I'm keen to hear Timmy Williams uh, dissect it on Bloke in a Bar today, but yeah, very disappointing. I thought Elliot Whitehead had a pretty good game. He was just popping up everywhere, getting through a stack of work, Whitehead. Um, Jack White was good as well, did a couple of good things. Jordan Rapana never stopped trying. Uh, and I, I thought Seb Chris played pretty tough as well. He, he really went at the game, but yeah, just as a whole... Pretty disappointing. Joe Tappanay was everywhere through the middle. He was great. Corey Horsburgh, uh, more so from a supercoach point of view, but he looked to be playing a real link man sort of role instead of rolling the sleeves up in this game. So it'll be interesting to see if how that plays out. He only played 48 minutes as well, Corey. Uh, his break was a very, very long one. So hopefully there's something more to that and he returns to his normal footy next week. All right, let's move to the next game. The Manly Seagulls, 24 over the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 18 in game 300 for the great DCE. What a way to celebrate a great win down there at Wynn Stadium. Um, look, I thought the Dragons, they opened up really well. Francis Molo scored the first try and, you know, as the Dragons tend to do, they always seem to start reasonably well. But then when the fades come, good God, the fade happens quickly. Cola scored. Olakawatu scored. That right edge that we spoke about outside DCA, we predicted they would have a big game. DCA didn't score himself like we predicted. But Cola, Olakawatu, both guys crossed. Ruben Garrick was another one we tipped. And Jason Saab. So essentially the entire right edge scored, uh, except for DCE himself. So he's absolutely humming at the moment, Ches, and he's got that right edge flying. And if you're, if you're left edge... 
isn't having a good defensive game, the Seagulls will c- cut you up there. So a good win for the Manly Seagulls. thought Ruben Garrick had a really good game. He got through a lot of work. Scored a nice try, good support play and whatnot. Jason Saab, though, good God, he is lightning quick. Very, very impressive. The other one that I thought was great, uh, Josh Schuster. He did a number of very, very good things. And we, we want to see Schuster, though, have these performances against teams that aren't in the bottom eight. You know, I want to see him really stand up and deliver these kind of performances against the top teams for that will come with his development. I thought Matty Lodge was good as well. They're obviously missing a fair whack of middles now. They needed Lodge to stand up, and I thought he did well. And Gerbo just got through his usual amount of work. Absolute maniac. Uh, For the Dragons... Molo obviously scored. He was nice. I thought Zach Lomax did some good things. Jack DeBellin, he was an absolute maniac. He got through so much work in this game, JDB. Obviously got Simbin late, and now it looks like he'll miss a few weeks. I'm, I honestly have no idea what a hip drop even looks like even more. I, I can't keep up with what's going on. I'm keen to talk to Timmy, Matty, and Kempi about that one today. Uh, but I probably didn't expect him to get Simbin, and I probably didn't expect him... Well, I, I can cop the Simbin, but I didn't expect him to get three to four weeks. Maybe there's prize and whatnot, uh, but that has really surprised me and really given me a kick in the dick as far as Supercoach goes for Classic and Draft. So not stoked about that. So might be a little bit biased. Uh, Billy Burns, I thought he did well. Scored a try of a kick. Ha- had a couple of really nice plays, as did Dan Russell on the other side. Uh, now, the controversial moment in this game, Dan Russell gets over the line, puts the ball down, uh, as quoted by the video referee, yet no try. Uh, and then it turns around and Manly go up the other end and score through Saab, I think it was. So that was a huge turnaround in this game. And I think Dragons fans, you have every right to be filthy. I'll be the first one to defend on-field referees. They are not going to get everything perfect and it's going to be hard. But when you go upstairs and you literally say, he is over the trial line, he has got the ball down, no try. I can't possibly defend that. I think that's a very, very tough call for the St. George of the War Dragons, and I think there is an argument uh, that it went a long way to deciding this game. It was a huge momentum shift. So, yeah, tough night there for the Dragons. Tyrell Sloan scored late. So much ability on this kid, and, you know, he scores the tries and the highlights, and we'll praise him and everything. But, geez, there's so many other things in this game that were so disappointing from Sloan, I thought. Just those effort plays to get on loose balls, to attack... You know, attack from fullback when you when you are defending just to go all in. I just sometimes it's like he's not as keen as he should be to get into contact. He's more and more reminding me of Matt Dufty, unfortunately, Sloan, but so much ability. I think he just needs the right coach to arrive. Hopefully it's Shane Flanagan. We've seen him get some great footy out of some great fullbacks. So fingers crossed. But yeah, I think that Sloan. There is a lot to work on there still. There is no doubt about that. All right, let's move to the next game. We've got the Penrith Panthers 28 over the Sharkies. Nil, a big win for the Penny Panthers here. Uh, Look, the Panthers, they came out and did what we expected them to do. They were a little bit clunky in attack, I thought. Still scored 28 points. Uh, And when you only concede an average of 10 and you concede zero in this game, uh, that'll take you a long way to a victory. Uh, Look, we spoke a lot about the Penrith Panthers already in a podcast this morning. Morning, giving our thoughts on them, so we won't go too deep. But I thought Jerome Luai was everywhere. He's bouncing all over the place, giving headaches everywhere. I still think Nath Cleary's been a little bit reserved and in his shell at the moment, but I think over the next few weeks he will explode. Isaiah Yo was strong. I thought... <coughs> Taruva uh, had some really good touches as well. Obviously scored a try. Tyron Peachy passed him the ball at one point, thankfully, which was nice. And Brian Toto just being a maniac as he does. Uh, yeah, look, a good all-round performance by the Penrith Panthers is what we expect from them. The Sharks, I mean, if I'm being honest, 
Unfortunately, this is kind of what we expect from them as well. I didn't really give them any hope to compete against this Panthers side. It was obviously a game where they had to put their flag in the sand and go, okay, we're going to start to perform here. We're going to start to at least compete with top teams. They weren't able to. Granted, they lost Will Kennedy, a huge loss for this side, but they just I, I never really felt like the Sharkies were in this game, to be honest with you. They held with them early. But, I mean, I don't really care because that's not where Penrith Panthers' games are decided. They're decided in that last, you know, 40-odd minutes, that 10 minutes before halftime where they really start to cut you to pieces, and they certainly did against the Sharkies. So, Will Kennedy out is a huge loss. It'll be interesting to see how they respond. I would love to see uh, Ito get an opportunity in this side. I'm a huge fan of him. I'm not sure what the go is with Mulatalo. Rumor was a training mishap. So that could be as bad as one week to a few weeks. God knows how that plays out. But I would love to see Ido get an opportunity. I actually thought he was a sniff to play the other night, but he ended up playing reserve grade. So big test for the Sharkies. They've got Braden Schindel there. Has it worked? I don't know. Do you bring back Matt Moylan? I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Colhoun's back next week. Does he go into the back row? Do you keep Wade Graham there? I And to be honest with you, I'm not sure if Craig Fitzgibbon's got it worked out yet. I wouldn't be surprised if this chopping changes a lot over the next few weeks. But the Sharkies play the South and Rabbitohs next week in Perth. Far from ideal, having to go over there and take on a top-shelf team like South Sydney. Uh, and especially that left edge, if, I'm sure the Rabbitohs, uh, they'll have big plans for Campbell Graham to go pretty hard at them. So... Yeah, I mean, here we are. We, we, we said three weeks ago, over the next six weeks, the Sharkies, uh, they play four top eight teams in the next six weeks. We'll see how well they go. So far, they are 0-3. So in free fall at the moment, the Sharkies, and you kind of feel like it's going to get worse before it gets better at the moment. Uh, Sunday afternoon took us to Bundaberg. The Canterbury Bulldogs, 23 over the Dolphins, 22. This one went right down to the wire, which made Osaka having an opportunity to win this football game for his team. Unfortunately, uh, pushed to kick wide from an awkward awkward little spot. So uh, thoughts with Jermaine Osaka. He's had such a tremendous season and he definitely did not deserve that. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty tough to watch. I think he's come so far, Osaka, and I think he sort of deserved that moment. Uh, but look, for the Canterbury Bulldogs... They were great. I thought Villiam and Kikau was huge. A great in there. Scored a try, obviously. I just thought some of his runs were fantastic. Obviously, pretty hot up there in Bundaberg. Didn't make life easy, but I thought he was great. Braden Burns, fuck, when he stays injury-free, he is so damaging. The try he scored was an absolute cracker. Uh, Wilson also scored. I thought it was interesting that Blake Wilson played on the left wing and Josh Adekar on the right. So they've swapped them over. I, I find it very bizarre that you would change the combination of Matt Burton and Josh Adekar. That one just seems fucking odd to me. You'd obviously let out of car roam a little bit and whatnot. But I did not expect that to happen. A very, very interesting turn of events there. Jake Avrillo obviously playing the club that he will feature for, that he will play for, I think is how you say it. Next year, uh, I thought he was solid as well. And I genuinely think Canterbury are really going to miss him. For me, though, guys, the difference in this game, or the difference with the Bulldogs over the last few weeks, has been Toby Sexton coming in. They are such a different footy side with him. It has been a fantastic signing for them. And I'm really excited about the Bulldogs in the future. And I know we've said that the last few years, but I... I am genuinely really excited about the direction they're going, especially now they've got a seven. Stephen Crichton arrives there next year. Hopefully they get a good injury run next season. Um, as one very ugly buffoon would say, it really could be anything. Kiraz got through a heap of work as well. He killed it. Jacob Preston, fantastic as well. What a season he's had, Jacob Preston. He's been sensational. Uh, for the Dolphins... 
Jeremy Marshall King played this game. Jeremy Marshall King absolutely killed it. He is such a good footballer, it's not even funny. And I'm so glad that he is <coughs> injury-free or at least allowed to play the rest of this season because that was very worrying. You and Aiken, bit of a mixed bag. Tafade scored a fantastic try at the end. I'll tell you what, you get a few more pre-seasons under his belt, he is going to be a serious handful. Fleece Kafusi, I thought he had a really good game. It's been a fantastic season for Kafusi, but he's missed a lot of footy and whatnot. I thought he was really good in this one. Uh, what about Jermaine Osaka's first try? Fuck, he's a maniac. Um, to catch that pass from Ewan Aiken and then with the space that he had to make it look so easy. He's, he's such a good f- footballer now, Kofusi. Uh, sorry, such a good footballer now, Jermaine Asako. It has just got Wayne Bennett written all over it. And the MILF man, he came on for Sean O'Sullivan late in the second half, uh, scored two tries. So a lot of pressure being put on Sean O'Sullivan now and Wayne Bennett as far as what's he going to do. Uh, you obviously had Milford on the field this week uh, who came on late, which meant that Sean O'Sullivan off and Isaiah Katoa was already the 18th man so uh, yeah they're in a bit of a tough situation with their halves got to work out how they're going to play that because they play the red hot Newcastle Knights next week Uh, that is going to be a big big test for Wayne Bennett and his Finns. All right, last game of the week. What about this upset? The Titans, 22 over the Cowboys, 13. Uh, Egg all over my place, face. I thought the Cowboys would win this, and I thought they would win well. But the Titans, they showed a little bit of grit, which is great to see. Um, they be, they were disappointing last week. That, that was very much so the old-school Titans that we, we knew for so many years. But this week, we did see a new Titans, which is great to see. And this is where it's going to be so tough to predict at the back end of this season, teams that are out of contention, just how they're going to show show up every single week and they were happy to throw the ball around here they did some fantastic things I thought Sami was fantastic uh, rumours around that the Roosters could be trying to get him fuck I think he'd be a good signing Campieri obviously scored one set up two um, I thought that his first try where he kicked I thought that experience wise that'll be a really good example to sit down with him and go hey there was no need to kick in this moment I think you could have set yourself up on this run to draw and pass and make sure it was a safe try instead of relying on the bounce of a football he obviously did it uh, and it worked and he's done it on a number of times, but I think it is sometimes he gets down that edge and he does get a little bit kick-happy, in my opinion. So it is something I would be working on. Fafida didn't play the full game. I think he played about 65 minutes. Set up a try for Campier at the end. Very damaging. As soon as he got that ball on the bounce, you could just tell he was all over Peter Hickey when it was show over. I thought my boy Chrissy Randall was fantastic as well. We spoke about him a couple of weeks ago. We put up a post about him last week. Got a lot of messages from people saying, of all the people you choose to post about, you choose about the reserve hooker from the Titans. I just said, look, just keep an eye on him. Just watch what he's doing. Um, and, mate, the impact he had through the middle yesterday was fantastic. I think he played a huge influence in them winning this game. Tough as nails, Chrissy Randall. What about Brian Kelly? We've spoken about him forever. So talented. So much ability. We probably just haven't seen him put it all together. Uh, fuck, he was good the other night. I love watching Brian Kelly. Very, very talented guy. Uh, look, outside of that, Jaden Campbell is the other one I want to touch on, guys. Uh, he he is just that guy, you know. He is an absolute freak. They have to get him into this team somewhere. I don't know how you do it, whether you move Brimson to six. I don't know what you do with Foles. I've got no idea how they do it, uh, but they've just got to get him into this team somewhere. He is so talented. Jaden Campbell, he's an absolute freak. Brimmer obviously scored a try, went off for a bit. I think he came back late. Uh, but, yeah, Jaden Campbell, they've just got to get him into this team somewhere. So, shout-out to the Titans. A very good win that I did not expect them to get. Uh, but at least the Titans are starting to show... They might not have it consistently, but they have got backbone in them. So hopefully Desi Hasler can bring that out in them next year consistently. For the Cows, uh, yeah, look, I expect them to win this game, and I don't think this one's going to be overly costly for them. 
are still going to stay in the top eight. Uh, and this might be a good little wake-up call for a team that was high-flying and getting all the pats in the world uh, on the back. But, uh, yeah, I did expect them to win this game. There's no doubt about that. What about Cohen Hester's try for kick? Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, uh, Valeme, the right winger for the Cowboys, obviously scored a try for a great little Scott Drinkwater pass. Christ, he has been impressive. He is, he is one of the most improved players in this competition. I said it on Bloke last week when he was at the Canberra Raiders a couple of years ago. I honestly sat there and went, ugh. I don't know if this guy's a first grader. I really don't. And since going up there, he has been tremendous. Um, yeah, look, a pretty disappointing night for the Cowboys. Obviously, Val Holmes, he got Simbin again. Another one that I, I did think was harsh, to be honest. Oh, no, it, sorry, it wasn't harsh. I shouldn't say that. It wasn't harsh. It was contact to the head. Uh, I just I find it hard in these moments where you've got guys that are falling and you're rushing in and everything. It does make it tough. He's obviously, it sounds like he's going to be suspended for a couple of weeks. That's going to really test the Cowboys. Val Holmes is a huge loss. What it might do though, you might see Scotty Drinkwater take up the goal kicking. It'll either be him, Chad, but I think it probably will be Drinky. So that could be very, very interesting. Super coach wise, something we'll talk about this week. I'm not sure who the who do the cows play this week coming. They have got the Broncos, that's going to be an absolute cracker from up there at Townsville. Really, really looking forward to that one. But yeah, disappointing game from the Cowboys here. But credit to the Titans. I don't think it was one of those games where the Cowboys were, you know, just just average. I thought the Titans were really good. I thought they defended well. Uh, and they played good footy, so full credit to them. They... they they took risks at times, but then when, when they fucked them up, they were happy to defend those errors. So I backed that in from the Gold Coast Times, only conceding 13 points to the Cowboys. Take that every day of the week for the Gold Coast. All right, guys, that's our rapid review done and dusted. We're heading into Bloke in a Bar Studios today for the deep review. Plenty to get stuck into. It's going to be a cracking episode with myself, Kempi, Timmy, and the great Matty the Waterboy. 